Well, happy Wednesday. Happy podcast today. Uh, this is Rachel Vogt. This is a good, good guy too. You should be able to find a link tree in the description of this podcast if you would like to connect with me uh, for whatever reason. If you are interested in uh, exploring a little bit more about your personal development amongst your relationships, your wealth, your mental and physical well-being, your spirituality, uh, and or your purpose, then that's what we need to do, right? We need to have you get connected to the VIP lounge where you have to be 18 years older and a feminine energy, of course, but we're doing a lot of really great stuff over there around intimacy building and sexual wellness that is continuing and that's ongoing. Uh, you know, I'm really, really, really ready to hype this up because, uh, we are down to the wire before 2022. And that is a decade of deals rolling out to really celebrate, uh, such an enormous accomplishment for myself, pat, to, to pat myself on the back. Uh, 10 years of intimacy building and intimacy coaching. So I am incredibly excited about the entire year itself, uh, really how we're going to intertwine all of the things. So make sure you're part of it. Uh, I, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it because, oh my gosh, there's going to be, uh, on top of the original giveaways that we already do, which is monthly, there's going to be more. And I am just trying to figure out how to provide the best amount of content moving forward activities and so on and so forth. So there's so much to be had next year. So make sure that if you are not there, you need to message me or uh, some of this you may know that's in the group because you got to be invited by somebody since it is completely private. But right now that is the best way to kind of keep in touch with the community on a mass scale and reaching out to me, uh, however best, you know, suits your soul. That's what get in touch with me for sure. And make sure that if you're listening to this and you get some value, then either, uh, you know, either subscribe, you can like and share, take a screenshot, share it to me, put it in your story, tag me in if you'd like to, or share it with somebody you feel like they might get value from it. So we're at an interesting precipice of the podcast because I'd mentioned in a previous podcast before that I had read somewhere specifically podcasting like you know when they talk about you and you're doing anything, you should really give it a go 21 days makes it happen. 90 days makes your lifestyle change. So stick with it, of course. The podcast, I had heard this rumor that you should do 100 episodes. You should do 100 episodes to kind of see how you feel about it. Um, and here's the thing is that this is episode 91, which is kind of cool because we have five, including today, we have five Wednesdays left in the year of 2021, which means that we would be literally obviously at 95 episodes by the end of the year. So I'm on a toss up of thinking about like, would you call it off at 95? I mean, like, I mean, it's my, it's my world, right? So nobody's gonna say I was a failure if I took a break at 95. And I'm not saying that I'm quitting or planning on quitting per se, but I'm contemplating taking a, a little bit of a break from it. And today's topic will kind of really highlight what's going on in my brain around that. I've definitely been wavering back and forth about uh, bringing in my co-host friend. She said that she was interested in doing it. So, you know, it's just something that I'm going to pray and meditate about because December is always a month for me that is just crazy weird. And I don't know if you can relate to this, but I'd really like to know if you could. So make sure to let me know. Like the six weeks between if you celebrate the holidays of Thanksgiving to Christmas, then um, maybe you can relate. But I don't, I mean, I guess maybe that's why it's because that's my culture. Uh, you know, maybe if those aren't two major holidays in your life perspective, then you probably can't necessarily relate to the abyss that feels like the weeks between. And that's also rooted in being a kid, but then growing up into working for myself, you know, and having kids in school. So the weeks feel weird. They're short some weeks, some weeks are full, you know, especially that week between Christmas and New Year's. It just is, especially since I've been working for myself, it just continues to feel, I'm going to use the word abyss, but abyss feels negative. And sometimes it is really negative, okay? But, um... I've gotten better about kind of trying to navigate through it. And I, the reason I'm talking about it is because I intended to be very intentional this year, intended to be very intentional because, um, some of you may or may not know, I mean, most businesses tend to have seasons and in the world of intimacy coaching, at least in my business, summer and winter tend to be the slower seasons, the slower seasons. And there is also another entrepreneurial rumor that, you know, business is what you make it. So if you say you're going to have a slow summer, it's going to be a slow summer. If you say you're going to have a slow winter, you're going to have a slow winter because you're basically psyching yourself up to think that you won't be busy. So you're not going to do the actions that are going to result in having the action, right? So 
Um, but it's been pretty standard for me and I have done some reflection and I've definitely chalked it up to understanding that, yeah, of course I don't want to work in the summer. I want to be outside with my family. I want to be doing family things. I want to do outdoor things and it's nighttime until nine and who doesn't want to enjoy that, you know? So it has been, um, a hyper-focus and awareness where it used to be an entire summer that was a slow season for me to where I practically just take the entire month of July off where I don't do any in-home partying, um, I work from home exclusively. So that's smart for me, right? Because instead of just prolonging three months that I'm like, oh my God, I don't wanna work. Oh my God, I don't wanna work. Oh my God, I don't wanna work. Even though it's like a subconscious feeling, right? It's not like, I, oh my God, I hate my job. Oh my God, I don't wanna do this party. Oh my God, I don't wanna intimacy coach. It was just like, I don't wanna work. There's two different feelings to that. And so instead of prolonging that for 90 days, I just committed to saying, okay, well you can not necessarily take it easy in July, but you can commit to not doing any in-home parties if you don't want to, as long as you are finding some way to have an income source coming in. So whether you're investing and compounding your time and money, whether you're uh, doing more coachings and classes, whether you're selling things on Facebook, which is not really something I do, but it's just an example, right? These are things that I could do from home if I didn't want to leave the house for 30 days, whatever, since July. So then you come to December, right? And December is kind of the same thing. Like it's like towards the end of the year and the same thing in my childhood mentality, basically kind of just not checking out the last couple of weeks, but really kind of embracing the not having to do anything and just being with people you love and baking and decorating whatever your memories are of holidays in general, but you know, just in, in being a kid or whatever. And so I definitely translated that into adulthood, especially again, as I, like I'd mentioned before, working from home because working from home, I control my schedule. I control when I work. I control all those things. So there used to be this massive abyss of like feeling like, oh my gosh, it's doom and gloom because I'm not making any money. I'm not doing any parties. So I shifted the focus just the same way I did in summer where I was like, okay, well, it's not like you can feasibly take an entire six weeks off <laughs> yet in your life um, every year, I should add, by the way. Uh, so you need to be st strategic about this. I haven't had a party in like almost 20 days. So the same thing, like I'm not working out of the house, but I'm definitely still building relationships and connections. And again, the point of this is, is that I was being intentional. So the 18th of December, I won't have any parties for the rest of 2021. And that's again, imperative because what am I going to do with the last um, half of December? Well, it's really kind of up to me, right? Like I, I can choose to either, um, you know, sink into a depression because I would rather not be working or I can actively choose to say, well, I did this, this, and this to make sure that I had enough income for December rolling into whatever I needed that I can take this time and do what? Well, whatever I want, but whatever you want would be where you would serve your blank. For me, it's being reflective. It's like taking as much time as I want to um, be calm and collective and quiet and decide what I'm going to do next year and so on and so forth, whatever. Okay. So I could go on and on. But the reason I'm saying that is because it was, I mean, it's taken years. As some of, as some of you know, I've been working full time from home for six years and I've been an entrepreneur for 10. So to say, I mean, almost no, 10 next year. So let's say nine, but still my point is, is that it's taken years of understanding and sorting through beliefs about like, what do I need to do to be successful or what does success look like for me? Am I comparing myself to other people? Um, you know, what do I want to do? And that's really important. We'll kind of come to that because you know, recently I had like um, a three-way conversation all independently. Like it was a, just one with my husband, one with a, a best friend of mine, and one with a client slash friend, by the way. And they were all around the same conversation and I didn't really know that I needed to go over it. And so I'm not going through an identity crisis, but I am struggle bussing. Um, and I don't know if you can relate to this because I think that sometimes like I forget that an entrepreneurial mindset is different and not wrong than um, a nine to fiver, just different because, you know, it just is. And my husband also does, you know, um, contract work. So he, I mean, he typically does work like a regular day and in terms of hours, but he works whenever he wants and the hours he wants to as well. So he has flexibility with his. So the reason I go back to that is because like, I forget that not everybody has that same perspective, not even the same mindset. It's the same perspective. So it's like, I try to relate to other people or I, at least I think that everybody's thinking the same things I am about the future of business and service versus, um, well, I mean, nine to five, I guess, corporate work or whatever. And then I forget that most people probably aren't thinking about those things, but I definitely feel like I need some guidance. And so, you know, talking about this out loud, talking about this with my clients here at the podcast, um, just putting some intention into the universe to meditate over it. Like, you know, it's just, it's like, where is it going to go? And it's more, it's not specific to my individual story. So definitely stick around because 
it's something for you to think about as well, especially if you're somebody who has leaned towards wanting to have a hobby or a side hustle or a passion or even completely living out through your purpose if if you don't find what you do for a living is something that you want to do for a living or if you are happy at what you're getting paid to do but you would really like to feel more fulfilled and you would like to feel less in the cycle of um, depressed and anxious and depressed and anxious and depressed and anxious all these kinds of things like I definitely kind of attribute this to where I'm at in this mindset. It doesn't necessarily have to be an entrepreneurial mindset, but I am going to take this one step further because I actually was talking to the same best friend that I'm going to have this conversation with you in a little bit about, um, where I was saying that I was admiring my husband on Thanksgiving because he made a soup bar and he made three soups and he made all of them from scratch. So he was like making the food until like two o'clock or something. Um, they were phenomenal soups, but as I was watching him like dice and chop and like, these were all three recipes that he'd never tried before. Right. And he does that quite a bit. He loves to create. He likes to make flavors and it's wonderful. And then it kind of dawned on me where I was like, you know, like I was sitting in the kitchen watching him. We didn't get to talk. We didn't get to connect. We didn't like sit, like I played Play-Doh with Olivia for two hours because I would have liked to, but I also understand that he's in a zone, right? He is learning a new recipe. He's not just cooking. He's out there learning and digesting and then implementing and creating it into something beautiful and wonderful that we got to eat. So that was really important because as somebody who like is a dopamine drip addict, if you're an ADHD or if you're somebody that you feel like you lose focus pretty easily, if you feel like, ooh, new, new shiny thing, you know, any of the things that you might even feel like you just relate to me and personality wise, it's probably the same. I mean, being a chef is the smartest thing you could do, right? Because theoretically, you're still doing something you love. You're still something that you can create and eat, of course. But it could be different every time. Of course, you're going to have recipes and general things that you pick up uh, or a lot of things you pick up. So you have the basics of cooking. But anytime you decide that you want to create something new or anytime you pick up a new recipe, you have to have mental focus. Oh, I just had this aha moment because um, so I was reading, um, not reading, I was watching ironically, but not ironically. So this wasn't intentional, but I love to watch the if you ever seen Netflix's series that has um, explained it's a whole series in general but they also have done segments about sex they've done segments about um I don't even know like coronavirus but they have a whole segment about the mind and it's really great because there's so many different things they cover about like emotions and um psychic abilities and so on and so forth but the one I was watching last night there's another one about brainwashing by the way but there um the one I was watching last night was about um focus and it was basically directing that it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your level of um, concentration is, is that all humans theoretically have never really changed in terms of their focus. Like you've heard this rumor, um, you've heard something about us, you know, being like goldfish in terms of having our memories. And that's not actually true at all. <laughs> it's not true. Like they've proven studies that it hasn't changed, that people's uh, focus is something that's been pretty much the same. Um, I think it was since the 1800s or early 1900s, but either way, it doesn't matter because with the amount of information technology that is streaming for us at this, this current time, I guess you'd say, it's insane to think how it, wouldn't necessarily be affected but it is and so anyhow the um, contributing factor tends to be that regardless of what you find your distraction technique to be so meditation any side hustle hobby exercising whatever um that's that's really great but people who tend to do fine is it just fine work, I guess? Fine-tune work? I don't know. I, I forget what the term is. But when they're doing things with their hands, so like needlework and uh, water coloring and so on and so forth, um, woodworking was a, the example they gave, that those people tend to be less distracted by their own mind because I think it was 68% of the time it is you yourself that is causing the distraction. You are beckoning to be being called out of your current headspace you don't want to be where you are and I think that this is theoretically that we're always looking for something better so we're hoping that even even if what we got right here we don't think it's enough so that we have to try to find what's the next best thing so please take me away from this phone call or this email that I'm answering and tell me what to do oh Facebook you just gave me a notification thank you so much for pulling me away from this that I mean that's exactly what the, that, that's about okay so when you're doing something you know that could have repetition to it of course but that could change every time it's like the smartest thing that you can do to preoccupy your time healthfully instead of ruminating in your emotions and the 
who do you think you are and replaying the memories that you're not so proud of and that make you feel lower level feeling emotions because that's basically what we're doing. Uh, and that, that's what I find myself, my mind is so good at, especially, you know, the fact that even though I'm a stay at home mom, I don't have the nine to five mentality that I used to have of a distraction of a job to do. I hope that makes sense. You know, like the things that I do in my job, I love, I love doing them, but it's, and it's not, I'm not going to use the word monotony, but I'm going to use the word, I mean, like it's consistency, like consistency breeds predictability in business in terms of revenue or in life in general. So, you know, I, I get to do the thing I love, but during the day when I'm with Olivia, if we are not actively doing something together, I mean, what would I normally do in a nine to five? I'd be answering an email. I'd be getting back to a client. I'd be whatever, 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 right? But when it's just her and I, and if she's watching some TV show that I could give no fucks about or whatever, my mind is going to be on the carousel of thoughts. So this was really important because the conversation I had with a dear friend of mine was basically that I was telling her that I, I kind of wanted to be, I wanted to get out and here's a curiosity because I'm not going to make any bold statements that I, I want to get off of social media. I kind of want to get off of social media. But, and I've said that for years, I've said that like, you know, if, if social media didn't pick up their crap and get it together, that I didn't necessarily want to be a part of something that promoted such negativity and bred such hate, which is like publicly known, you know, in court case documents now. So it is something that I've actively talked about, but it kind of leads me into this, this conversation about social media platforms, um, online conversation in general, and where the world is shifting to in focus, because that's what I told her is this like, you know, I was on social media before I was an entrepreneur and it was in its infancy to promote yourself on social media when I became an entrepreneur. It wasn't until about three to five years ago that I really started picking up the pace when it was already like big to be online. And now everybody is selling themselves in some way, shape or form. So it's either a side hustle hobby. Um, it's a passion, uh, whatever. Everybody is look at me, look what I'm creating everybody has that opportunity and access and which is fantastic. It's fantastic, but everybody's doing it. Right. And, um, mine was more of a curiosity of like, I just have never run my business in any other way. So I don't, I don't know how to do it any other way. And it's not that it, to say that I don't understand it like body to body, like go do the networking, meet people in person. I did it. Uh, and it was just ironic, but not ironic. Thank you universe. That I did it for the first year before, you know, COVID was crazy. So I haven't gotten back to that, but again, I digress, okay? Because what do you, I mean, like, what do you think is gonna be happening in the future? People aren't going to be staying as belly to belly, especially after something that happened like it did last year. I know that hybrid opportunities are still the most popular, but will it ever be the same way that it was? So as somebody who, you know, has used digital marketing for almost a decade, I can't foresee what other way would be more efficient than what I do now? And the reason this is important is because, you know, um, as, as most as most people know that have been listening for a while, like my husband does not enjoy social media. He doesn't enjoy that I'm on social media. He doesn't, any of it. He just would rather not be a part of it whatsoever. And so there are boundaries in our relationship where they just need to be clear so that, you know, I'm being completely respectful of my marriage but also that I feel like I'm giving as much as I can to the people. And it's hard because like, this is like where the contention lies is because it's like, one, I don't want to come off as it seeming like I am, it's all fake book. That's what I titled the top of my notes, right? right? Like, oh, this is my life and this is this feels so great. My marriage is so amazing. Uh, I don't feel like I try to do that too often. Like I do, I, I don't feel like I, I do a highlight reel. And especially when things are going in my life and when they're just going the podcast and the VIP page on Facebook are the places that I definitely feel like I can be the most vulnerable. TikTok is definitely more geared towards promotion of business. Um, Instagram is kind of the world of both where it's a lot of personality mixed into business. Um, but it's not, it's not heavily promoting. And the reason that this is a conversation that needs to be had is because like, that is how I have built my brand. That is how, and I hate using that because when you refer to it like that, it's like, it feels like business. And of course it is business, but the, the way that I have connected with my clients, I guess I just don't know how to do it any other way. And, you know, um, when things are not going so great, like this, this is the place that I use it. The platform that I use it is the VIP page in here on Anchor. And the reason that is, is just, I mean, just, it's just because it's me. It's just me. But that's not actually what I was going to say. What I was going to say was that, like, 
I had a, a client that I was talking to who was like, you know, I was going to reach out to you. I felt like I really needed you, but then I remembered you were on your trip and I didn't want to bother you. And, you know, it was, it was so lovely to see you on your trip because you're just such an inspiration and you're so happy. And what she didn't know, well, I mean, I told her, of course, but like I'm on the other end of the phone call because we didn't do a Zoom. So like I was just like holding my head in my hands. Like I barely had any energy. Like I was very present in the conversation, but I was definitely not, I mean, I, I was lucky we didn't do a Zoom because the, the result of my physical energy would not have been able to match uh, the presentation that I was presenting to presentation I was presenting to her you're welcome so anyhow um, you know luckily I was able to like kind of pause that conversation and say oh that's very kind of you to say but but if you really would like to know here's like a laundry list of shit that's going on in my life and I don't try to hold, withhold that from anybody because of the, the fake bookery that can happen under that but generally speaking if I'm going through something I generally don't even know what I'm going through like I have such a hard time navigating my own emotions until the aftermath when I can look back when I'm in the emotional space that is just overwhelming, it just feels like a blur. Like it doesn't feel like it can slow my mind down to even catch a thought to process what's going on in there. So I feel like sometimes I just have to write it out. And then when I can look at it in retrospect, I can say that I was feeling this way or I, I can say that, oh man, that didn't really even feel like me. That felt like a potential emotion that was running wild and crazy. Uh, which, you know, as you track is, is if you're a divinely feminine or you menstruate, then that's part of it, right? That predictability in a cycle. So I got to kind of set her straight and let her know, like, you know, like, I'm, I, I'm flattered that you said that, but I also hope that you understand that it's not that way. But on the flip side, you know, like, it just made me, it kind of made me question myself because it was more of a, like, I hope that you're not being fake. Like, I was, I was, I am happy. Like, I was just, I was just about to say, I'm, I was so happy, but I am happy. So there are some days, though, that, um that's what kind of leads us to where we're at is like in terms of just like not feeling it not feeling it I mean I think you 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 as a consumer of the content that I put out may or may not be able to tell like some days you know like if I don't put up on my story I just didn't feel like it some days it's definitely because like we just didn't do very much but like that's my way of kind of checking out of work I have other things I can do behind the scenes that are still consistent but the personality and branding it's the face right and Almost everybody has a connection in their hand these days. Almost everybody. And I know it's not everybody's desire to be putting things out there, but there are so many people that are doing it now. But what will be people doing? What will, what will be people doing? That's what I said. What will people be doing? Like, are we going to be moving continuously towards a more digital? I mean, I think it's arguably yes. I, I, do, I can't foresee that we're going to go backwards, as I'd mentioned before. So, you know, the reason that this is a struggle bus for me is because like would I like to be able to not rely on my life being presented through social media? Yeah, like sure, but it's also not a burden to me. And I think that's part of like the internal perspective that I really have to dig at because, you know, for for quite a few years now, it's been the forefront of my mind to make sure that it's a priority, that it's not a look at me, right? Like I hope you heard what I just said right? Like it's not a look at me, look at this life. It's a, I love what I've discovered. I've loved what I figured out. I love that I've been able to cultivate this. I love that I've been able to teach myself. And this is the freedom that it's brought me is the joy in my life. And I document it for myself first and foremost, because it becomes a visual memory book, not only through the digital platform that shows me every day, but it's just something I can look back to. Number two, Tony's mom also documents everything, but in a physical form. So she makes scrapbooks. Uh, so that's also wonderful and beautiful, right? It's just treading the line and making sure that it's not just a, a transactional relationship, right? And I don't feel like I'm there by any means, but I don't want to get there. And that's where I think that I struggle with moving away from being so connected to my clients and in this world, but it feels antiquated to say that you wouldn't do it digitally. Like you won't stay connected to people digitally. Like not even just talking about my business, like talking about your life that I, I like one of the girls that I work with weekly, like we are just accountability partners one to two to three times a week. We're doing zoom. She lives in Iowa. We wouldn't be able to do that if we didn't have Zoom. We wouldn't be able to do that five, six years, seven, eight years ago without that technology. I mean, yeah, whatever. But anyway, so I, I just, I'm, I'm concerned about like this processing that I'm going through in my brain. Like I just, 
what is the best thing to offer people? So like, not just like my own personal dilemma, but building these relationships going forward. So you know that you have what you need in terms of an intimacy coach, that you know that you have what you need in terms of like a connection and so on and so forth, right? Like, how do you learn to balance life while you're building a brand? And are those two things even interchangeable? And the reason like, it's like kind of, it's not bugging me, it's not the word, but the, the thing is more like eating at me. So I'm gonna give um, a couple of examples of some people and how they've really shaped my life. But again, this dilemma. So I don't know if you can relate to this because when I go to find mentors, the mentors that I find are generally people that I adapted something that they were teaching very quickly and I saw results from it or it spoke so truly to me that it was like, oh my God, that like that makes sense, okay? So just as an example, so Kate Northrop is um, a gal that um, I love to follow. She wrote this book called Do Less. Um, and she's the one that really kind of opened my eyes to understanding that there was a divine connection between my body and cycles and that men run on 24 hour cycles and women or feminine people run on 24 day cycles. And so we're so different. So that's important for all of us, not only to recognize, recognize that individually we're individuals. So we're going to have different cycles and different moods and all of this. We also have different perspectives and different upbringings and different goals and different values and so on and so forth. But most importantly, but just how to learn to have that with alignment and so that was a really powerful um, lesson for me in terms of connecting my body to everything else because I had really separated the two the previous year when I was searching for a lot of spirituality. I was disconnecting from the fact that there was a body on planet Earth, not really physically, but anyway. So Kate Northrop, okay, that's important because Kate started off as somebody who uh, was, well, not, actually I'll come back to that because these three people have a lot of the same things in common. The second person is called, it's called, her name is Denise Duffield. She was one of the most pivotal people in changing so many beliefs for me around money. She wrote um, like Get Rich Lucky Bitch. Um, there's like three or four other books too. I, I mean, I was trying to remember the other ones. It doesn't matter. Just go, Denise Duffield Thomas, go look for her. I love her books. They're phenomenal. They're phenomenal, incredibly empowering. Uh, so, and then my third example uh, is Jesse Lee Ward. Jesse Lee Ward is somebody that I still follow very heavily that has been uh, a business mentor from afar for a long time. Uh, she's in a similar field to me in terms of um, the industry, direct selling, multi-level marketing. But she is a boomerang, dude. She just like does everything, a little bit of everything. Uh, she has a huge, huge team, but then she also invests in a lot of other streams of income. So the reason this is important is because like all of these people, they started as individual people. And I was fans of these people when they were either solely individual people or pretty close to still being a sole individual in their business. Uh, and Jessie Lee, by the way, as far as I know, still, even though she, as far as she's disclosed, rakes in millions of dollars a month, she's gone through a couple personal assistants, but as far as I know, doesn't really have any. So I don't know, like, how much of her life is automated in that regard with other people doing things, but I do know that she makes her life incredibly efficient in that regard. So they all started off as individuals, and they have built these brands. And through Kate and Denise specifically, I have watched them launch like big businesses where it was like a rebranding where they were bringing on more people to do more things where it used to be just that person and their partner who were doing everything and now there's multiple people there's multiple teams that's important because you know it's uh, so cool like so cool so cool they've worked years for this kind of stuff right it means bigger systems correct like you got to have bigger systems in place for HR and people and payroll and so on and so forth, but also for your specific business. So you're probably not rolling out one-on-one -on -one sessions anymore. And in fact, I know that Kate and Denise do not do one-to-one -one sessions. I'm almost positive that Jesse Lee Ward's mentality is like, I, I have heard her say like, I don't do frontline calls anymore. Uh, like, so anyways, okay. My point is, is that she does more group anything than she does one-to-one, -one, which is still smart, right? All three people, incredibly smart because you're compounding your time. You're compounding your time by teaching the masses, right? So this is why you would write a book. This is why you would do a class. This is why you would do a seminar because it makes so much more sense to make a lot of money in a little bit of time, right? 
And I don't disagree. I've done the classes. I do parties. Parties is a, a major source of income for me, right? Because there's a lot of women in a little space learning a little bit about me and a lot about product and intimacy uh, and determining that they, they would like to supplement with that, right? So it's the same kind of concept. Bigger systems equal bigger success, bigger money, bigger dreams, bigger whatever. You have to cut out something when you become that size. So as somebody that... I'm going to take Jessie Lee as an example because she has talked about like, I can't even tell you how many people she's personally recruited, but it's, it's hundreds of thousands, hundreds, if not thousands. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's in the thousands. There's no way that woman is coaching people, all thousands of them. Now, of course, again, because I'm not trying to like talk shit on any of these women. They're incredibly inspiring. I still follow them. It's me trying to wrap my brain around what kind of business owner I want to be. It's also trying to digest the kind of business owner I don't want to be. And then also trying to make logic of what it, what's logical, right? So, of course, you don't want to be coaching a thousand people through the entire time you've had them. You want these people to become independent of you as soon as possible. It's the exact same thing you should tell my team. When you have coaching clients, it's the same philosophy. I tell them, I don't want to be coaching you forever. My goal is to set you up with the tools or the mindset of being able to figure out those tools for yourself. I'm not the healer. I'm the person that holds the space for you to decide and figure out how you are the healer. It's in this world of service, it just, I mean, like, I guess it's my belief that I'm bringing up here to the surface here, but I find it hard for myself to see how you would maintain that type of level of connection with people. I feel like it's one way, you know, like you can coach hundreds of people through a Zoom and you can coach hundreds of people through a book that you sell or whatever, self-publish, but and to tell you, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess because, because I like the one-to-one -one sessions. If you've ever had a one-to-one -one session with me, like you feel like you get that. Right? It's like, it's you and I. So it's a space for you to be able to just feel how you want to feel, say what you need to say. And I think because that changed my life so prophetically when I was in therapy, it was just a space to be. It was just a space to understand that I wasn't going to be judged, that I wasn't going to be ridiculed, that I wasn't going to be scolded, that I wasn't going to be punished, that I was going to be heard. That was like sometimes all I needed. Sometimes all I needed so I could self-process. Sometimes so I could work some shit out. Sometimes so I could heal. Sometimes because I had just been carrying it around on my chest because I thought a good girl didn't say bad things. Because I thought it was necessary for me to hold the peace for everybody else because I was strong enough, because I was smart enough, because I was coaching this to other people. I don't know. Something to that effect. And so I, my struggle bus is that. Like is it that I'm not motivated by having a lot of money like I thought I would? Is it because I'm not motivated by the recognition anymore because I used to be highly recognition driven and I will 100% fall into a trap if I'm not setting my own boundaries. I need to make sure that I'm motivated to do my business by my own integrity and my own inspiration and not because somebody dangles something in front of me to try to hit it because I don't necessarily even try to hit it because I want to hit it and get the thing. I try to hit it so I can beat everybody else. And not because I want to push anybody else down, but because I just want to be seen as the best. I just want to be recognized. I just want to be heard and validated. Why? Because those are all the things I just said I was getting in therapy. Because why? Because I didn't get them when I was a kid, when I really needed them and wanted them the most. Okay, so we know that, by the way. Huh, I just took you full trauma circle if you've ever been stuck in one yourself. And I already knew those things about myself. But when I grew up and I started making my own money, that was the thing I started struggling with in beliefs was that... Well, I'm going to skip through all the boring stuff about like credit card debt because that was all me and all that kind of jazz. But where I sit today, trying to decipher, you know, thinking still that I need to have a lot of money, that I need to make a lot of money, that I should be making more money, that I should be bigger, that I should be better, that I should be more well known, that I should be booking these things, uh, classes, I should be doing these speeches or whatever, instead of organically letting things grow, number one, and being driven by purpose and uh, passion and the connection and change you help other people, which is what I think that I do. But that doesn't necessarily always mean you're going to be rich and successful fast and furiously when you're stopping to make individual connections instead of batching and operating everything that you do. So it's tough because I know that for myself, I don't know if you can relate to this, but I'm motivated by time. It makes me borderline emotional because it's like, you know, like the, the personal reflection that it takes for me to sit down and be so grateful that I look back and it's been three, three and a half years that I've spent any and every day that I wanted to with Olivia. 
You know, it was the same for Cole. I mean, I didn't leave corporate America until he was a little bit older, but I had a lot of freedom and flexibility even back then. And before I was an entrepreneur, I was a terrible corporate America worker. So I bent, bent, bent every rule and found every shortcut to take. So Cole had a lot of fun when he was a kid as well. You know, I just want to go to the zoo. I'll go to the zoo. But it's just frustrating because, like, I think that when I finally get to a place where I verify for myself that being a good mother and being creative with my kids and teaching them to be humans and just spending time with them and putting my phone down when they ask me to and holding them and cuddling them, that that's life's work. You know, the coaching's life's work too, and it feels just as good. It really does. It feels just as good as parenting, but it obviously can't come first and it shouldn't come first and it will never come first in that kind of regard. But at the same breath, it has to come somewhere because we live in this mentality and reality where we exchange financial paper. We don't barter. We don't trade. We exchange money for services. And it's something that I'm trying to work through because it really sucks when you are in a spiritual place of woohoo to like everybody deserves to live equally and happy, happ happily, <laughs> but it's not the way that it is. So I'm not trying to say that I don't want to be more productive and I don't want to work more hours and I don't want to do more things because I feel my best when I am in productivity. Like yesterday, like when I was um, stacking things for my sale, packaging things up, like having a system of grabbing a sheet, grabbing their product, grabbing their thank you gift, putting it in a package, stuffing it nicely. That was fun. Like that makes me feel good. It helps me sleep well at night because I didn't do zero zilch, not a nothing and watch Netflix all day, which was definitely... Um, a pastime favorite of mine and then I couldn't sleep at night because I didn't really exert any positive energy out of myself I only really took from the universe if that makes sense and so it's hard because you know you got to get clear of course about like what is it that you really I guess want to be on your deathbed reflecting on and saying I did that or this is what made me happy and I did that and getting out of your monkey mind carousel of thoughts about well someday it'll happen and someday is It'll be better and someday I'll have all the things that I said I wanted or whatever. It's it's just a crazy place to be right now because especially after everything that we've talked about over the last few years, um, you know, this all-encompassing feeling and overwhelm potentially would be the best way to describe it is like I don't feel like I'm setting myself back, but subconsciously I do. You know, like I'm outwardly trying to tell myself that questioning things or not necessarily being 100% having things feel unclear is okay and normal even after you've had personal development under your belt but it's never felt like this before luckily when I was speaking to a good friend the other day and she was just holding space for me too just literally letting me just word vomit and saying I don't really know why I feel this way but here are the things that I feel like they have to come out of my mouth you know she said it feels like burnout and like she said, it feels like you're describing burnout. And it was like a light bulb moment for me because I don't think that I have ever, just like I'd mentioned earlier, like when I'm going through something, I don't usually recognize until after. I'm trying to get so much better at recognizing my in the moment emotions and why it's happening. But burnout is like a whole nother level, right? So I know that I've experienced burnout before, but I, again, couldn't recognize that it was what was processing in the moment, like feeling like wildfire around you where it's like, it's almost like, I did this today. I walked into my uh, my living room and my kitchen. Fuck. I can't even say the right word. It's a bedroom. Uh, and there was a pile of something on the floor. And it was one of those things where I knew I was going to come back to. I had no intention of doing it right that second. But I was slightly distracted ADHD for a second. Like, oh, I really got to clean that up. And then I had to pause and go, nope, never mind. Don't want to deal with that right now. And then, like, walked away. So I don't know if you've ever had that. But that was, like, definitely the moment <laughs> that I was in full show. Anyway, I guess I digress in terms of this questioning to self, questioning to um, universe, questioning to clients. So flipping the rules around, I guess I would, I would encourage for you to do the same, of course, like be aware, be on top of your emotions. Actually let yourself feel them. Cause I, I feel like tends to happen for me is that just like any other feeling, when it starts to arise in you, you either kind of allow it or you don't. And way back in first season podcast, we talked about 
how theoretically there's only two ways you can feel. You can feel good and you can feel not so good. And in Rachel's opinion, everything beyond that just spirals from good or bad. Okay. And I shouldn't even say bad necessarily because, well, I mean, there's only neutral in the world. We assign good and bad. But when you think good feelings, it's easy because, you know, you feel good and happy and joyful and blah, 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 blah. But anything beyond that, it's like it expands, right? Good is just a very general good. But from good can go hopeful to optimistic to positive to believe uh, to enthusiasm to engagement to happiness to passion to joy to knowledge to empowerment to freedom to love to appreciation to abundance to unconditional love. So it can spread out and gets bigger and bigger as you go. And the same thing happens with your quote unquote bad feelings is that it can feel bad, but they can also feel angry and it can feel, well, I'm, here's the example I want to give. And I, obviously, as you know, but I'm just going to disclaimer all this. Personally, I, I'm not affected by any of these disorders, so I can't speak to this. But again, it's just an idea in theory. So when things aren't going so well, right, because I do have anxiety and depression, so I can speak to that. Those are just bad feelings that have gotten out of control, right? Like anxiety is just. Um, thinking about a future that doesn't exist yet. So it's like a fear of the unknown, a fear for not being able to control, a fear of not being able to plan, right? And depression is low-level feelings of emotion. So being hung up in my past about things that happened in my past and things that happened to me or the things I made up that happened to me. So it's that cycle of going back and forth. But these are different feelings of quote-unquote bad feelings. So everything tends to manifest as it gets a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger and a little bit quote-unquote worse, right? So after depression and anxiety, if those have not been treated, what happens? Like, you don't, you don't get hyper anxiety, but they, it manifests into conditions where you have to like OCD, right? Like something you can control. So you touch things like count things, whatever, whatever, right? What about bipolar disorder? What about all of these other things? And I don't know that much about those things. That's why I'm not going to go into it. But is, is there a potential that these are just manifested emotions beyond a control of a base level? I don't know. I'm just making shit up. But my point is, is that when you're spiraling out of these big feelings, right? It's a place that it's important to know that you can choose. You can choose which side you want to be on and how you want to make this exact moment. And that's the power of the, the this moment right now. But majority of us, number one, we're not living in this moment. Number two, it's a practice that we have to practice. But number three, it doesn't, I was just going to say that it doesn't help me for the future I can't prepare for. But that's my anxiety problem is that I'm always overthinking about what I should be planning for. Always. Okay. So I'm Switch that around for yourself and think about, you know, what tends to bring you the most amount of overwhelm? What do you think that you're kind of ruminating or grinding on all the time in terms of thinking? Like yours might not be about work. Maybe you are so secure in your job that you are so distracted often by your relationships, right? Like I've said before that out of the quote unquote five things that are really important to us when it comes to relationships, wealth, mental and physical well-being, spirituality and purpose, I know that my Everest is like finances, for a very long time, I thought that it was um, going to be my body, like some mental and physical well-being. And those were actually like two of the easiest things for me to quote unquote fix. I haven't fixed them, but learned some tools to work with them, especially my physical body. That was much easier, but I did have to do some mental health before I got into that. I thought that those were, I thought that was my Everest. I thought I was going to be super overweight and super unhealthy and super, like I didn't know that I was mentally ill <laughs> uh, until I started really going to therapy and kind of working some shit out for sure. But I just thought that was the way my life was going to be. I just thought that was me for sure. Like I thought I was going to get everything else fixed first. That I was going to have the perfect job and the perfect relationship and the perfect finances. And then I was going to fix my body, which was so bizarre to say. But um, I was very lucky because um, my relationship was out of this world before I had to start doing that mental work on fixing the beliefs I had about who I was as a person and a body. But I digress. After the issue, quote unquote, with connecting my mind with my body, I thought that my purpose was going to be the thing I was going to struggle with because I'd never known, quote unquote, what to do or that I could be like an actual intimacy coach full time or whatever, right? And then um, come to find out, nope, it wasn't those things. It turns out it was really money all along. Money is my Everest. I have so many deep rooted beliefs about money, uh, about my belief about making money, keeping money, saving money, spending the money. You know, um, there's so many money personality quizzes you can take out there. But it, it's all relevant to all the things. So like I was just off on a tangent. Your finances might be on point. You might make so much money you don't know what to do with it, which is totally cool. Uh, you might still have beliefs about money, FYI. But maybe you're distracted all the time about your relationship. Maybe you're thinking 
about how you are never treated the way that you should be treated, uh, that you can never find the right guy, that you don't know why it's so difficult to find somebody. Um, maybe you are the type of person that you're in a relationship, but you're always with somebody who's cheating on you and you don't know why you can't manifest a partner who loves and respects you and that you're enough for them to not have to run around on. Okay. So your relationship could be your Everest. Like you could, you could be working the best job. You could be going to church and feeling your relationship with God. Um, you could be working out and running marathons, but your relationships could be crap. Okay. It could be that your relationships are so on par and that your finances are on, uh, on par, but maybe you feel so disconnected to a spiritual belief system that you feel empty inside, that you don't even know why you believe in anything because you feel like you want to be an atheist, but you also feel like there's a bigger power at hand and you don't understand why you don't know more answers. And the confusingness of part of it is part of the appeal, but also drives you away from the knowing. So as you can see, there can be a mix of different things. And I also like to remind people that generally speaking, you probably have one to two areas that feel rocky. You can have it all, but you can't have it all at once. And that's one of my favorite things I've been reminding myself a lot lately. And what that means is that I'm not going to have a million dollars in the bank while I have the perfect marriage, while my mental health is the clearest it's ever been, while I'm at my ideal weight, and while I'm working my purpose. It just, it's not going to happen because even if those things are good for self, in the relationship category, somebody else I love is probably hurting or going through something. And it's not necessarily my intimate partner. It could be my children. It could be my, my family. It could be my friends. It could be my uh, coworkers. It could be just somebody very close to me. So it's always something to think about, right? Because sometimes it always feels a little bit selfish. But you can prime a world for yourself where you get to choose each and every reaction. So when you lose somebody, when something you love falls apart or breaks or you have to throw it away, those aren't necessarily quote unquote good things. But you can choose how to navigate through those. And the reason that I feel like I am like stuck at a rock in a hard place is because the burnout hit me upside the head and I didn't really recognize it. Okay. Like I knew that this next couple of weeks, like I'd mentioned at the very beginning that I was going to be kind of not isolating per se, but kind of definitely taking some time in like an actual winter stop thinking when I made this announcement, by the way, so this is not ironic, but stop thinking that I have to be creating all the time. And I knew that I wasn't going to be doing that. I knew that I was gonna be setting up a 2022. Well, technically, I'm creating, you know, the decade of deals next year, but that I didn't have to do anything quote unquote new, like I did the last two years where I was all out and all in on the learn new things about your life kind of thing, right? So take the tools I've learned and just actually do something with it, basically, in, in this next coming year. But using this time as a quote unquote winter, you know, things don't grow as fast or heavily or as productively in the winter. So you're not meant to necessarily either in your winter. It might not be your winter. It might be your summer where you're crazy creative right now and you are just uh, content pushing or whatever it is that your lifestyle is like, of course. But and that could be like creating anything, right? It could be creating a new home and building that. It could be creating a new family and creating that. It could be uh, creating like a new watercolor painting. It's any, any form of creation is creation, by the way. So it just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks because I, I didn't think that I was in a place to be burnt out, I guess. Like I didn't feel like I had too many plates in the air, but I, I also would have also contributed to burnout to being like a physicality thing, right? Like not a mental space, which is 1000% what this was this time around. It was less about the physicality of my body and more about the mental headspace that I had stopped with the meditation. I haven't been to therapy in so long. I haven't had a really good friendship, social connection in a couple of months um, at the time and so on and so forth, right? So I wasn't really seeing it for what it was that it was a spiritual and mental awareness that I needed to tap into and really process. So I guess I'll be doing that over the next couple of weeks. And I kind of wanted to frame the last few podcasts with some things that we, you, me, we should be considering as we're moving into a new year. I'm not really one for resolutions, uh, but I definitely feel like when change is necessary, it's okay. But I do also think that because most people function on a year to year cycle, including business, it is a good time to stop and reflect and maybe make some goals if you don't already do that quarterly or monthly or whatever it is that you do. Uh, so something to consider for sure, right? I, I just, I love what I do and I I'm moved by emotion often at how lucky I am to get to see what I do in fruition. So again, I'm not the one that makes a change, but when I see somebody leave an abusive relationship, when I see somebody quit a job, when I see somebody pick up a new hobby, when I see somebody mend a relationship with something, that, it's not me, it's the ripple effects 
I have and what I do. And I'm not just saying some random fruity tootie that I see passing on, you know, my Facebook newsfeed. These are people that I have interacted with. These are people that I've built relationships with. They have had parties. They have done coachings. They have messaged me on several, several, several occasions. They've kept me in touch with what's going on in their life. They have asked me for advice. Uh, they have asked me how I'm doing in life. We're friends. We've created connections. I'm invested in the story. So I'm not just learning about five minutes of what's going on in your world and then trying to solicit a product or advice to fit. It's because I know you and I know your previous relationships. And I know your previous history. And I know your previous upbringing. I know what drives you because you've told me or you've explained it or you've just said it to my two ears and my one mouth. Okay. So this was just a lot of crap. This was like the, probably the crappiest podcast I think I've ever done in terms of like, it just feels like I spent my own 49 minutes and 18 seconds venting crap that I didn't even really come to a point with, even though I had a whole page of motherfucking notes. It just is literally me putting this out into the universe because, you know, meditating is listening to God. Praying is talking to God. So I'm praying to the universe for guidance and I'm praying to the universe for patience with myself and grace in the next few weeks for having some focus and some intention and some slowdown and the best connections I can have with these people that you're in it to win it with me. I know that. So I'm appreciative of you and I know you know that and I've said it before, but it really is just magical to me. You know, I like I I know at the beginning I said like, of course, I want to get off social media and I don't want to have to brand through social media, but that's why I'm still freaking here is because it is the easiest way for me to connect with massive, a massive amount of people in, in an intimate way, not just in the thanks so much for liking my, my Facebook story or my Instagram post. We should totally do a one-to-one -one session. No, it's like, hey, Ashley, it was so good to see you. Thank you so much for commenting on my stuff. How's things going at home? I know the last time we connected, things were pretty tough and you were a little overwhelmed. Did you happen to give meditation a try like we talked about? You seem like you're really excited about giving that a go. How are things? It's just a different world. And ultimately, at the end of the day, I know it means, quote unquote, less success, less, quote unquote, money in, in pejorative terms comparatively. But that's why we define what success means to us and ultimately what makes us the most happy. And that's all I got to do is stop doing the comparison because I think that's definitely where I'm at right now. And I don't know if you can relate to that whatsoever, but I'm not a good enough coach. I'm not a successful enough coach. I'm not a busy enough coach. I'm not um, a calendar packed coach. I keep, I keep comparing what I'm not instead of how far I've come and where I'm going to go and the fact that I literally am just so happy that I get to do what I do. So I guess this was a little bit of a mix of an appreciation post since I didn't do one last week because of Thanksgiving and some reflective time to really kind of give what I can to today's podcast. I really hope that you did get something from it if it was not enough just to be like, man, I need to get my shit together and process through journaling or yoga or something so I don't get a podcast and just randomly speak for 51 minutes to people. <laughs> man, I, I am like self-deprecating today as well as like trying to motivate. It's all the same to me. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and wrap up our podcast a little bit early because I, I just don't have anything else to say and I'm not going to try to drag it out. I am interested to see what kind of content we're out the rest of the year and stay tuned. I guess we'll see. Um, you know, there will be a break for season two regardless um, from season two after season two wraps up. It'll just kind of just depend on where we go from here, I suspect. But I know that, you know, you'll find me in plenty of other ways regardless. And we've got contact information either way. And I'm in your corner and I know you're in mine and I appreciate everything that you bring to my life. So thank you for tuning into this podcast. Uh, I appreciate it very much. And uh, in this season, it is just beautiful, by the way. Right now I'm looking at my windows. I'm wrapping this up. The sun is setting because it's 516. Uh, it is the most beautiful hues of blues and pinks and purples. Um, this is not usually a view I get because I usually have my shades closed. I'm usually in the backyard admiring the sunset. So I hope you're enjoying it as well. It'll be obviously too late for you to go peek after you listen to this, but maybe tomorrow you can try again. So in the season that we are in, I normally would say, I would normally say stay happy, stay healthy and wash your hands. But in addition to that, just like for myself, whatever you got to do. So I'm doubling up on my devotion. I am meditating morning and night. I am making sure that I'm moving my body as much as I can, if not just in yoga, 
three times a week. I am making sure to be more aware of the fuel that I'm putting into my system. I'm making sure to wash my hands a little extra. I'm making sure to carve out actual time to word vomit to people so I don't feel like I'm carrying that load on my shoulders uh, because I tend to be a person that holds it in, tend to be a people, person that thinks they're a people pleaser. So any of the things that you need to do for yourself to really work it out. I promise myself that I'm not gonna be 10 or 15 pounds heavier by the end of this holiday season because I'm gonna work my shit out. I'm not gonna eat my emotions like 2018 Rachel would have done. So thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you. Stay happy, stay healthy, and of course, wash your hands and all the list of things that I just listed before. <laughs> have a good night. Bye.